Hey, everybody, it's Tim Gillette with the Tim Gillette Show, and we're live for, you know, our last broadcast of the day, but it doesn't mean we're done. We still have a hunt. We're going to do 100 days in 30 days. We still have a lot more to go. And, you know, the great thing about meeting people doing these interviews is they introduce you to other people to be on the interviews. So I'm getting to meet today Luana, and I'm, I know I'm going to mess this last name up, but I practiced it before, Ariana. And I know I, I told her, I said, if I mess it up, she can correct me and, and I apologize. But um, I'm going to get to meet Luana on screen. All right. Uh, and and she's going to tell me all about herself. And we're, we're going to be, become new friends. Right. Absolutely. Hi. So, well, welcome to my show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Doing really well. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, first of all, where, where do you where do you live at? So I, I got to know that. I live on Galliano Island. It's one of the Gulf Islands off of Victoria. So okay. it's a small little island with only 1,000 people. And I have a healing retreat center here. Oh, that's, wow. Yeah, so that's that's where I am. And I don't know if you can see the view behind the window, but it's the ocean. It's, yeah, it's kind of glared. But boy, I, that would be a cool view to have. I, I've never had an ocean view on my, you know, real ocean view on my show. Yeah, um, yeah it's pretty cool having the nature elements here, right? Well. <laughs> You've got, I mean, you've got to have something you enjoy out of life. I mean, I, I've got a view of the neighbor's condo. <laughs> That's why you see the wall. <laughs> so, you know, uh, first of all, you found me through K Kathy Mason, correct? Yeah, yeah, Kathy. She was the publicist for my book that I released in January. And she's already arranged a few different interviews. And then she emailed me a week ago, two weeks ago, and said, hey, I just found out about an old friend of mine, Tim Gillette. He's doing these podcasts and you should apply. He's a great guy. And uh -huh. so I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, I've seen your name come across and I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, cause I didn't recognize it. It's like, you know what I mean? And, and that's great when you're doing interviews like this, um, because you get to, you get to meet new people, right? There's yeah. always somebody, you know, that I don't know. So, right. but, yeah. So, so let me, let me ask this. You got a new book out, right? Yes. Is this yes. your first book or have you done a few before? My first book. Your first yeah. book. Very well, first. Yeah. I guess we have something to talk about. I get to find out about this new book, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 It was born in January, finally came out and was published. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, Kathy was the publicist and it reached um, bestseller in the first months. In, in five categories, which was really beyond belief for me and uh, very grateful. Mm -hmm. It's called Resilience, Grace, and the Art of Showing Up, a Spiritual Journey of Empowerment Against All Odds. And basically, it's a memoir slash um, self-help slash adventure, because I've okay. traveled all over the world. I went basically traveling to many continents in search of healing, and uh, I share the amalgamation of the learnings, the teachings that helped me rise out of trauma. And it's done in a very adventurous way though, too. So it's, it's, it's quite a fun, fun project. And it was, it's a fun read. People have said it's very deep, but it's balanced with levity and joy and gratitude. And, you know, it's a feel good book. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and, and were you, were you inspired to write it by your travels or did you take the travels to, to write it? Well, in my travels, I always journaled. That was one of my ways to mm -hmm. process and experiences, you know, um, get what was inside of me outside so I could process it, look at it. And through that, I was able to heal a lot and through different teachers and different practices. And then I started doing my own healing practice. And every time I would share my story with people, they'd say, you've got to write a book. And I'm like, oh, Maybe, you know, since my 30s, people have been telling me that. And then finally, I got started. I did a writer's retreat with Tom Bird. He's a, an amazing uh, mentor for, for writing. And I did that in September 2017. And it just poured out of me. And, yeah, it was really a nice experience. It was also an experience of healing for me doing that, too, engaging my story and my life from a different perspective and mm -hmm. from a way that, I'm sharing it with the hopes that it'll help inspire people when they're, you know, feeling laden down and hopeless and despairing and all these things that I've experienced that I made it through that it can 
turn a light on and, and give some hope and support and inspiration that, you know, we have a lot of resilience we don't realize. You know, mm -hmm. we are nature. We're the same as nature. And nature has been my biggest teacher since I was a little girl. I would watch nature and find the affirmations and reflections of life that helped me grow and know myself and understand people and heal family traumas and other stuff that happened to me in my life to put it into a perspective so I could use it to help me to grow rather than be crushed by it. Well, nature has an interesting thing though. So I'm going to twist this on you Luana, a little bit. Yeah. I watched this show with my wife on TV and it's yeah. about it's nature show. And it's, I think it's on BBC America. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just about our wonderful planet. And yes. nature has good and it has bad. So like you're watching one of these times and it's like the beautiful dolphins. And then all of a sudden it shows you what the dolphins eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. good and bad. Is there good and bad in your book? In other words, does it really give the, okay, this is my crash. This is yeah. how I came back. Yes, yes. So duality, we can't escape it. And that's what I'm talking about in my book too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We live in a world of paradox and duality. Mm -hmm. So I either find a way to use what was hurtful and bad, quote unquote, mm -hmm. as a way to shape myself and grow, or I let it crush me. Either way, it exists. That, right? yeah, please go on. You've got me. You've got my attention now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> right? Either way, it exists. And yeah. duality is not going to stop existing. Mm -hmm. But I choose what do I do with it. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've been, you know, I was raped. I was abused as a child. I was in abusive relationships. I had so many things happen that were really devastating. But fortunately, since I was a young girl, I always had this idea, no matter what happens, I can grow. Mm. No matter what happens, I can learn. You know, um, when I would look at nature, and I'd see a single blade of grass growing through the cement. I'd be like, wow, like I really felt the power of that, you know? And then I would watch how, you know, trees that limbs are broken off, they grow new ones, right? Or they grow mm -hmm. around trees or they, they grow around whatever is apparently an adversarial force, mm -hmm. or sometimes it makes them even more beautiful, mm -hmm. right? So I understand resilience as an action of creation, of creativity not just perseverance, not just pushing through, but how do I use this to be creative? Mm -hmm. So for me, the arts was huge. Dancing, I studied movement therapy, I did all kinds of dance. I'm a self-taught musician, Native American cedar flute, you know, writing, arts, leatherwork, beadwork. For me, the whole thing was just, you know, creation. Life is about creating, it's about being in action, no matter what. Nature mm -hmm. doesn't stop. Something is destroyed, it rebuilds right away. Yes, yes. Right? There's a forest fire, and immediately there's seeds that grow that couldn't grow without the activation of the fire. Mm. Right? And so, there, so there's one quote that carried me through a lot, and I love this. It says, the ore in the fire feels itself unfairly treated, but the pure gold looking back knows better. Wow. 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 So, so when did you start to become aware of like, you know what I mean? I'm growing like this. All right. Was it when you were a child or was it when, you know, the first time you were assaulted? I mean, where did the, the, the point go where, where, where start where you go, okay, I'm going to grow from this. So when I was seven, there were two um, traumatic incidences that happened. Prior to that, I had been already molested um, by a family member. Um, at so seven? At five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, at age five. Wow. Wow. And yeah. And so that was already in the background, but I always had, um, you know, a joyful nature. I always loved life. Mm -hmm. But when I was seven, there was um, a combination of tragedies or traumas that happened. Um, my mother left us when I was seven. My sister, I have a, a sister, she was uh, five years older than me, so she was 12. And my mom, she left us. And then she eventually moved to Germany as well. So I didn't have a mother growing up. Mm. But in the same year that she left, my sister had a very tragic horseback riding accident. And she was clinically dead for a minute and then in a coma for several months. And when she came back, she wasn't herself. She had to learn everything again. So I was there, the seven-year-old, and I just lost everything, my whole identity. When you're that age, your family is your identity. Mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. haven't yet individuated that much right it's just starting and so i was you know sent to all the different neighbors homes which speaks a lot for neighborhoods back then yeah yeah 
but I, I basically lost my family unit. And my dad was working. He worked at CBC. Um, so, you know, you're in the industry, you know, the hours of TV, especially in radio and things like that. They're long hours. So he was often away. So I was just at neighbors' homes. Uh, a bit of abuse happened in one of them as well, emotional abuse, which wasn't very nice. And so I was sort of left there and I didn't know how to make sense of my world. And then I went to school and then I got bullied because, oh, now I had a cripple for a sister. And then teachers made me out to be stupid because I was I had post-traumatic stress. But back then, nobody really looked at that. They couldn't identify right? it back then. Yeah. No, there wasn't. It was just like, OK, a tragic happens. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I was seven, I... I was really hurting and I watched this TV show and it was about Jesus and I'm like, Oh, who's this? I've heard his name before. And then this person said, you know, just call on him for love and he'll bring you healing. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a religious family and I'm not religious. Um, I, I identify that whatever that force of good is, we can give it a million and one names, but that force is the same. Mm. There is an energy of, um, upholding life, wanting life to blossom, wanting life to thrive. There is a goodness, right? And so we can call it God. We can call it spirit. And at that time, I encountered Jesus through the show. And then I was sitting there, a seven-year-old in front of the TV. I started crying, and I started asking for help. And then I felt a warmth, mm -hmm. and I felt a comfort. And so that was my first spiritual experience. And then I went to my grandma's, and I took her Bible from her. I said, can I have your Bible? She's like, why? You can't read it. I said, I don't care. I just want the Bible. And then I would put it under my pillow and sleep with it until I could read it. And then I would search in churches later on with my friends. But I never found that feeling in those mm. institutions. You know, I found everything was about fear, about sin. I didn't feel that warmth that I felt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then I started exploring earth-based traditions from Europe and then Native American teachings and Judaism, Buddhism. I've, I've been touched by a whole myriad of teachings in my travels. And each one gave me a little element of a reflection of what I experienced when I was seven. Mm -hmm. And it's just brought me here today. Mm -hmm. So... So when I was seven, that would say that would be the beginning point when I started exploring. And then when I was a teenager, I was I lived often on the streets as a punk at age 14. I okay. panhandled on street corners in downtown Toronto. There are people who have pictures of me and my friends, tourists, <laughs> with my big black Susie the Banshee hair and all that stuff, you know. And then I tried to take my life when I was 16. And that's when things started. I started taking a deeper look at spirituality. Mm. And that's when I started creating my own little, my own little reality of nature. And I would read Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth, you know, world religions, stuff like that. Just looking for something to match because I knew there, there, there was something good I could hang on to. I just wanted to find an external example so that it could strengthen that little sprout that, you know. So, so it's almost like you know, you know, I mean, you knew you wanted healing. All right, you knew it was out there. You yeah. knew that like something in you, you felt like you were broken. So you were like determined to yeah. find it. Yeah. But, you know, most people go, well, you know, I mean, when you say you're self-taught in other areas, most people go, well, I've got to find it for me. But you were like, no, I've got to first find it out there and mm -hmm. then I'll build it in me. Is, is that the way it went? Well, because I had a feeling already. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for the validations. Yes, yeah. I was looking, I was looking for what could feed that so I could trust it even more, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything in the universe is frequency and vibration, right? And truth, there is a universal frequency of something that vibrates in a higher truth of awareness or love. Yeah. It, it exists, right? Uh, but we don't always know how to tune into it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, and there's so much other noise that we tune into that we forget to tune into that. Mm -hmm. And we're not even taught how to tune into it because there's so much dogma and superstition and so much other stuff around spirituality that just takes away from the the naturalness of it it's it's you know? it's like the world was trying to put god in a box for you and you're like i'm sorry i don't no. see god in that box exactly no no <laughs> exactly you know yeah. and so and i you know nature again my biggest teacher i i found out about this um mystic teacher named mikhail omram ivanov he was mm -hmm. from bulgaria and he gave a really for me well-rounded um description of understanding our our subconscious our lower nature our higher nature 
you know, the path of how do I become a better person every day, you know, and also teachings of nature. He said for him, the first Bible was written in nature and it still mm. is. Right. It's, it's a, there's truth that existed before I existed to interpret it. That's what I always say. So whether I yeah, exist yeah. or not, there is that energy. Mm -hmm. Right. And many people have connected to that and they define it in different ways. But at the source, it's a it's a one to one connection. Yeah. yeah. These external teachings, they help like a path to get us to our unique experience mm -hmm. of that force. Yeah. That's how I understand it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, this is fascinating. All right. I got to get the book now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you've told me and I got to buy the book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, it, it's interesting you bring this up. You know what I mean? And like I said a minute ago, you know what I mean? Somebody was trying to put God in a box and, he, and you wouldn't fit God in that box. You're yeah. trying to search for whatever it is. Um, but, you know, you found reality in truth out there in the world. Do you remember the book that was turned into a movie and it was called like Eat, Pray, Love? Or yes. something like that. You remember that? Yes, it's almost is. like you're the really real living version, all right, of that without having to set it up. She set that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, she got yeah. the funding. She went on the trip. You yeah. were like just living and lived I, that. Yeah. Somebody once said that my book is like a combination of uh, Pray Love, Wayne Dyer, and The Alchemist. <laughs> what a combination. I mean, come on. That's a great compliment yeah. or combination there. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, and I had to do immense healing to get to the point where I could actually write it and do what I do. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I spent years and just working through depression and anxiety and fear and low self-worth and low self-esteem, you know, so I've like put the hours in to, to, to get through and I'm almost, I'm 50 this year. Mm -hmm. You know, you look pretty good for 50 there, girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. But the, the joy, you know, I was able to, you know, there are po points in my life where I was just holding on by a slight thread and just, just a hope that I'm not deluding myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. That yeah. my, my sense of spirituality is real, you know, that I'm not just in a bubble or in a psychosis or in a, in my own world. Right. Yeah. So there are moments where I was in really dark places of just absolute self doubt, but I've always been able to reconnect to my joy. Uh -huh. And now it's, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I even think about my life and I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Yeah, yeah. And when somebody told me I should write a book and I thought, well, what do I write? I thought, what, you know, how did I do it? You know, yeah. like, and I was thinking about it. And then that's when the title came. I thought, well, resilience, nature inspired me with resilience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? It inspired me to be resilience. Yeah. It inspired me to see that my inner world is no different than the outer world. I have inner tsunamis, I have rainbow days, I have thunder and lightning days, I have sunny days, you know, I have earthquake days, you know, moments and whatever. So all of these natural rhythms are a part of who I am and who we are. We're not exempt from the natural laws mm -hmm. right, of nature. Yeah. And so that was one element. And then what I realized too was really crucial was that no matter how broken I was, I would still show up mm -hmm. to any small possibility of healing or learning or growing or trying something new. Well, and, and, and I, I want to touch on something there you mentioned, because I mean, it's something I've dealt with in my life, but mine was probably different. Yeah. Was you, you mentioned depression. All right. And that is a common, a common thing that is, is labeled in our world is depression. Yeah. Well, I had depression in the early 2000s, but it was brought on because of a medication I take for epilepsy. It was a side effect. Side effect, all right. right. And mm -hmm. I had I had doctors immediately go, well, yeah, let me give you a medication for that. And I'm like, wait a minute. You want to give me a medication for the side effect? Was yeah. your depression? So mine's different. Mine was medical mm -hmm. along the lines because it was a, a medical thing. Yours was not medical. Or yours was not like a medical side effect mm -hmm. or a drug. No. All right. No. But did you take, did you try to take any drugs or you're like, no, no, I'm going to heal from this without drugs? No drugs. Not one single drug. Yes. Not yes. one single drug. You know, I no. seen in, the, in 2002 or three, the movie, A Beautiful Mind. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah I do too. And it, when watching that movie, mm -hmm. dealing with this and having the doctors trying to push a drug for the depression on me, I'm like, mm -hmm. No. No. I will. I, I, my mind is strong and I will find a way to do this. Yes. Is is that you? <laughs> That's, me. That's me. Absolutely. 
We've got something in common. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, and I even didn't want to go to a doctor mm -hmm. because I knew they would try to push a pill. Mm -hmm. So I was just determined, no, I've got enough common sense. I've got enough insight. I've got enough connection to life that I just got to process it. I got to figure out what this is and go through the layers. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and trauma is trauma, yeah. whether it's caused by medication or life experience or several. One of my favorite expressions in trauma therapy is whether it's a bunny rabbit or a tiger that chased you off the cliff, you fell off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. The healing process is the same. You know, the depth and degree varies because, you know, our traumas are in layers. Mm -hmm. So I had multiple, multiple traumas. And then I had traumas later in life in my 20s, mm -hmm. you know, and that just compounded everything. But in the end, ended up opening me up to heal and see how my childhood had imprinted me with so many ideas of not being lovable and not being worthy of even kindness that I kept attracting people that were not kind with me, that I kept attracting abusive relationships mm -hmm. and situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the end I realized, well, actually these people who abused me, right. were actually just mirroring how I felt about myself deep down inside. So I was attracting that into my world because they were matching what my inner world was. So I said, I have a choice here to be a victim or I have a choice to take that insight and say, okay, how do I heal myself? Mm. How do I grow my self-esteem? How do I heal my heart? How do I get myself back on track in spite of that? And even say, thank you. Because mm. if they hadn't come in my life, I would have just been in the coping mechanisms I had used to survive trauma anyways. So mm. I wouldn't be able to get to be the real me that I am now. In wow. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, but I want to, I want to see if I can, we can tie some of the things that with your healing. Yeah. So you, as a child, all right, you have someone who molests you and harms you. Mm -hmm. All right. You, you also stated that later in life you were in a bad relationship. Yes. Did the healing from, from making sure I've got to heal from this childhood one, did it come mm -hmm. after that relationship going, Oh crap, this after. is carried on after. Yeah. 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 So the awareness came. I always could feel, you know, where I, I had melancholy, sadness. I'm e I was easy to get upset, easy to get emotional. And it was such, the thing was too, is it was such a contrast to my actual joy for life, my nature. Yeah. You know, and so it would really confuse me. How is it that I have so much love and appreciation for life and yet one thing can happen and boom, I'm hijacked and I'm in this deep, dark pit. Yeah, yeah. I have to fight with everything I am to get out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I started learning about the subconscious. I started learning about trauma, how it works, how it affects the nervous system, how for the nervous system, if there's still an active charge, that trauma is still today. It's still mm. now. It's still in this moment. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so that's why that whole idea, oh, it happened 20 years ago, should be over and done with. That is such an injustice and it's so not true biologically. Because mm -hmm. if that charge is still in our nervous system, it's now. Well, yeah. And so it's about cultivating that, that kindness when yeah. a trigger comes up, because that's how our trauma is released. We get triggered. We get yeah. triggered in traffic. We get triggered by a partner. We get triggered by something, right? Yeah. And it comes yeah. this eruption. But what is the source of that eruption? That's the question, right? What is the deeper source? Because if my nervous system is so frazzled that I can get eruptive and, 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 and uh, reactive this way, there's something more there. It's not just this moment. There's something behind it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so that's how the nervous system holds the charge until we go through a healing process or awareness and learning on how to create space for that charge to leave the body. Cool. Right? cool. And, then, and then our biology changes. Our body's wired to heal. You know, it, it just it needs what it needs. Yeah, we want, and really, there's an internal thing that we want to heal from it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean, it, it's I I I don't think ever. I mean, you know, I cut my finger. All right, it's like immediately. Um, uh, my body yeah. wants that to heal. It doesn't want to go. Okay, I want to cut my finger off because I cut my finger. You know what yeah. I mean? I want to heal from it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's exactly like in nature. You know. Yeah. A deer eats off a branch. Okay, the next day you already see the sprout for the next one. Yes. But that's the energy of the resilience. This, there's, there's a, you know, it's like every seed has all the information in it to become its truest expression. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so we all have that seed, whatever that is in every moment. I don't see it as being a singular thing. Oh, I'm going to be this. No, it's like, who am I in this moment? Yeah. In this moment. In this moment. Yeah. What is the true authentic expression of me in this moment? Right. So, and it, it, it just grounds it and makes it more real. Right. Because otherwise we get caught in this ideal. This is my vision. This is my goal. This is what I want to be. But then it's so far away. We end up not even getting there. Because yeah. we realize it's the micro moments that bring us there of every choice, of every every new thought and direction we give. So, so knowing all you know, you all you know when you learned this, all right, and learned all this stuff as you're growing, and then someone yeah. says, "Write a book," yeah. and in your mind you're going, "What about what?" But that's a growing experience. You sit there and go, "Wait yeah. a minute." Yeah, exactly. Nature want me to grow through this. I can grow through writing a book. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And I can tell you, in the beginning of the writer's retreat, there was a moment I was like, ah, I hate this. I don't want to do this. You know, it was like, I could, it was like, it was just like, there was this block. And it's because, you know, I mean, every time we engage our story, we access it from a different perspective because we're a different person in a different moment, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So in that, in that, that reveals that we heal in layers. And each time we engage it from a different perspective, a different way, we're enabling more space for another layer of healing and integration and awareness. Mm-hmm. So writing this book provided that for me, yeah. you know, and I, and it was fun too, because I was determined I had to write it, not digitalize it. I had to write it. So I have like these two oh. big, I wrote it and then I wrote it and then I had to type it all in afterwards, <laughs> but it was like the energy wanted to come out through writing, like the visceral right. Right. I know this is this is this is all my notes. All right. It'll get typed out later. But like throughout my day, depending on what the subject is, I, I grab a certain piece of paper. Oh, that's got to go with this one. Yeah. Uh, but it is. I have seven yeah. books over there uh, like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so writing that book was really incredible, you know, and, and Tom Bird, it was a seven day retreat. And he takes the perspective of understanding that your book is already written. It's in your soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you, you, there's a meditation, a process that you just go into to drop in. And mm-hmm. he says, just start writing. Yeah. And so in three days, the whole book was written. Wow. Wow. And, then, and then the next four days, we're going through the editing and things like that. And then it went through more edits, copy edit and style edits. And then I designed the cover and, and everything. Yeah. And so, but that whole process was it really transformed me. I think everybody should write a book. Yeah, yeah. If, if, I agree. If, if even just for your own process of integrating, you know, and, and what was beautiful too is that for many years, uh, my focus was on the trauma and healing the trauma and the bad things that happened and healing those. And it was beautiful because the more that I healed, the more I started having you know, memories of the moments where there was a beautiful moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful experience. And so more of those came while I was writing, yeah, which yeah. was really beautiful, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it was a magical process. And then it, it went on hold for like almost a year. And then I picked it up again in, when was it, in September? I did the final, the last edit in September. Okay. And then it went few more changes and then design the cover and then finally and then it came out in January. Did now did you self-publish or do you have a publisher that you just went through? Self-published. Self-published? Okay, yeah. That's what yeah. I did with mine. My my red one here is my first book and and yeah, I self-published, but I used a lady in New York who helped me do it. And um but yeah, I mean I wrote that in three weeks. Um wow. and awesome. I did it while on a motorcycle road trip speaking. Cool. So like cool. I'm speaking at an event, go to my hotel, write on the book, get up in the morning, get on the motorcycle, ride to the next stop. Uh, and I, uh, in three weeks time, that book was done, awesome. Awesome. but it took me eight months to get it published. Right. So, I mean, there's a process that goes there's along. With it. There's a whole process. And then I sent it out to a few people that I knew who are authors to do the endorsements. Mm-hmm. So I put mm-hmm. endorsements on there too. And a, a local psychologist who knows me and they did a, an endorsement too. Yeah, and then and then it was ready, and it was just like, oh my god! And there was a moment where, in the last edits, I could feel I was afraid to publish it. Mm-hmm. Like there was this fear because, you know, vulnerability is not an easy place. Putting yourself yeah. in the world is not an easy place. It's not, 
you know, but that's the only place we grow. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> right. So I had to, um, I had to uh, shift that, you know, and you know, the fear of the critics, the fear of the naysayers, the haters, da 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 da. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then I watched a Brene Brown uh, video, and she said she made a comment about that, saying, "Unless you're in the arena of life, doesn't matter what you say." Yeah. And I went, "I'm taking that." Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I finished it. It was like that was one of the blocks in in, in getting the book completed. So right? yeah, talk to me about the day that you got the you got the first book in in the mail. And, and you know what I mean. It shows up at your door. You open the box, and it's your first book. Tell me that feeling. Yeah, my husband and I we went to the mailbox, and and I'm like, it's there, you know. And then we are looking at it, and then we open it. We're like, it's real because it it had been published on the Kindle first, right? And then yeah. um, it's real, and it was just the most surreal experience mm -hmm. and so, i cried and my husband cried <laughs> uh, and it was just it was you know it it feels like magic now that it's there yeah yeah you know it, it's it, it's actually an ineffable experience it's hard to put to word it's it's a feeling like you know what i mean like you know what i mean it's done and i did it i compliment i accomplished something that will that will outlive me on this earth yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of creating an immortality, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. Somebody told me that when I produced my first CD, they said, well, you're immortal now. And I went, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah. it's it's pretty amazing, you know, and I one of my focuses in my life is I've wanted to bring healing to my family relationships with my mm -hmm. mother and my father. There are different strife things, obviously. And now we've got such a beautiful relationship with both. Cool. You know, I was able to heal my stuff and then start to see them as human beings, you yeah. know, with their story, with their traumas, with their history. And then my love and my heart was just growing. And so now they're so thrilled that I have the book, you know, that I've done that and they're they're blown away. And it's just there's a lot of support and love. And yeah. it's it's just incredible. You know, you know, I have a friend who who wrote a book and she out, uh, outed some of her stuff into it was about some of the trauma and, you know, an abuse she had as a child mm -hmm. and her family disowned her for it. Oh, yeah. That was hard. I mean, me. Yeah, yeah, me. I'm lucky. I mean, that book has nothing to do with my business, mm -hmm. but I did it when I was trying to figure out who I was. Right. And the main reason I finished it was my, there's a picture of my dad inside of it is because I told my dad in 2005 I was going to write that book. Mm -hmm. When Zig Ziglar told me to write the book, I told Zig I was going to write the book. That book did not get published until after six months after Zig Ziglar had died. Wow. The two people I promised is what wow. was the last straw to drive me to get this thing published. Because I promised right. two men I looked up to in my life that I was going to get it done. Yeah. And I know my dad, even though he can't read it, he's proud of it. But you know what I mean? You were able to use it as a tool all right, and healing you and your family. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's just you have a hats off to that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's, it's amazing, you know, and yeah. and you know, and like I, I write it in the book too, describing the relationship, particularly with my father. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> He's a very good, kind, down to earth, salt of the earth guy. He's mm -hmm. very logical, very reasonable, and yeah. I'm a gypsy. I'm everything but that, and so that was always a rub between us our mm -hmm. whole life, you know. And I left home. I I didn't finish high school. Oh, wow. I went to Europe when I was 18. Wow. And then I was away for 10 and a half years, you know, healing, learning, doing all the stuff I was doing. And there was always a battle. You're wasting your life. What are you doing? Come back. You got to go to school. There's all this. And, and you know, for that little girl, it was always hard, right, for that young woman. And then now to receive his praise and his admiration yeah. and the recognition of, like, wow. You know, that's and, and that brought a healing too. I'm 50, but that still brought that little girl in me healing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, because again, energy is energy. Yes. And so there's such a there's such a, a love and a harmony. And you know, I I grew to accept his world, and as I grew to accept his world, he grew to accept mine. Cool. Right. Cool. But it has to start with somebody. So I was always focused. I want to heal my relationships. I need to heal what's in me. I need to heal my hurt. I need to heal my stories. So I can finally see my family as the individuals they are. Cool, cool. And, and let them be, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so now you say you have you have retreats and stuff up there at, at your house. Uh, tell me a little bit about what what else you do up there. 
Well, it's a it's a healing retreat center. So I have two private suites that people stay in with their kitchen and everything, water view, oceanfront view. Mm-hmm. And I have a healing studio. And so basically, um, I've, I generally focus with women, though I do have some male clients. Sometimes my women clients send their husbands or family members. But predominantly, I work with women helping them to give them tools to navigate their nervous system, their biology, and their understanding and overcoming trauma so that they can rebuild themselves. Mm, okay. And it's a combination of psychology, energy work, massage, body work, sound healing, movement therapy. Basically, everything that helped me, I I offer. Okay. Uh, and, and it depends on, you know, before they come, we they, they look at my website and they let me know what resonates for them. And then we customize a retreat for them, the sessions that they want. And they stay anywhere from three to five to seven days. Okay. And, and, and we're in... Um, we're, we're in a five-story building up a cliff right on the water. You look at this window, you're right on the water. It's one of the few properties that's so close to the waterline. You can't get a permit for that anymore. Oh, wow. And, and it's just, it's a magical place. And the former owners who built it, it's like, it looks like a Harry Potter home. If you look at it on the website, um, it's, it's carved into the cliff and it's got all these peaks and points like, a, like an old temple or something like that. And they also did healing work here with people and community work. So there's this really beautiful energy on the property of that, of a place for people to connect to nature. You don't hear any cars. We're right down by the water. So there's no traffic, mm-hmm. nothing, no human being. So you can just, you know, be in your process, be undisturbed, and do what you want to do without having to interface anybody if you don't want to. That and is- it's such a rare environment to be in. It's almost like the house was ordained for you to come and do your work. Oh man, if I, I do, we have time to tell you the magic of how this happened. Oh my god! Yeah, let's try to fit it in. I, I've got, I don't have anything else today, so let's fit it in. Why not? Let's let's stretch this one a little bit. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, okay. So this is really a fun story. <laughs> um, so I had already started dabbling on the idea of my book, right? Mm-hmm. And I had my healing studio down island. I had a little small cabin. And one day after a session, I brought my computer to dabble a little bit more. And I sat down with the computer and I had this feeling, go get a coffee and a cinnamon bun. And I'm like, I don't need a coffee and a cinnamon bun. I'm happy here in my space. And I kept having this feeling to go get a coffee and a cinnamon bun. So I finally relented. I went, okay, I'm going to go to the restaurant Babes in the Woods. I'm going to go sit down and bring my computer and do it there and have my coffee and my cinnamon bun. And so I was sitting there just five, 10 minutes, not more. And then there's a, this couple who owns this house. They came in and I knew about them, but I'd only met one of them briefly for like two minutes somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they were friends of an old friend of mine who had said, oh, you've got to know them. You're going to love them. But in all the years on the island that I lived here, we just never connected because they lived way at the other end. And so they walk in and then they're standing right in front of me looking at the art behind me. And I'm like feeling, say, well, introduce yourself, say hi. I'm like, ah, no, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm more of an introvert mm-hmm. until I feel comfortable, right? So I'm not one to just gregariously go out, hey, I'm, you know, I'm more like, Ooh, you know. And so, but I had this feeling to say hello and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm a friend of so and so. And oh, yeah, we know all about you. I said, yeah, I have the healing, it's called Hawaiian Healing Hub, the, the, the center that I had down island. I'm like, oh, yeah, we've heard lots about you and stuff like that. And, and then the woman, Shira, looked at me with this, like, magic in her eye. You know that Serenity by the Sea is for sale. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, I didn't know that. And I said, well, I said, beautiful. I said, it's my dream to have a property where my clients can come and be there and be nourished by the nature so they don't have to interface. Yeah. Up until yeah. then, I would rent a different bed and breakfast for them, and they would come see me in my studio. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's no, you can't control the environment they're in right or set the tone more accurately it's not controlling but it can't set the tone for the environment they're in because they'll they'll go through a deep process with me and then they have to go out into the mall right and then and then go to their bed and breakfast or whatever and so my dream was i want to have a place where people can arrive they can do their deep processes and they can take their time to choose when they want to engage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that they can be nurtured by nature and I said to her, I said, well, I said, yeah, it's my dream. I said, but I don't think we could do that right now. I said, maybe in a few years, because my husband and I purchased some shares in, in this co- shares in this company that 
is supposed to go big. Don't know yet. It's the product is big. There's a big mm -hmm. demand, but there's other situations. So we don't know if that's actually going to go through. But um, I said, maybe in three years, if that happens. And then her husband looked at me and says, hmm, we might be able to work something out. I'm like, you guys just met me. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. And they said, yeah, well, we know about you. We know your reputation. How about we meet for dinner? Bring your family for dinner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the next day I was about to go to Toronto to visit my mom who was sick and they were about to go somewhere. So then we said, okay, in two weeks, let's meet March 9th was the date. And so my husband and I and our 10 year old son, we came here the day before just to look at the property. We hadn't seen it. Right. Didn't know what it looked like. Yeah. And we got here. And we're like, Oh my God. Right. And so my husband and my son went wandering and then I sat by the water and I just put out a prayer. I could feel like my body was exhaling for the first time in my life. Mm. And I went, God, spirit, nature, if there's any single way that this can be made possible, please make it possible. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, I did my little prayer and tuning in and there's a waterfall running through our property, a creek going into a waterfall into the ocean. I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. Wow. So They're listening to that waterfall. And then I went and joined my husband and our 10-year-old son. He got this piece of Arbutus bark wood. And I don't know if you know, it's like paper, right? It's thick, it rolls, big, thick rolls come off of it. It's like skin. Okay. And he ripped it in three, three pieces. And he said, let's write a note for the nature spirits that they might help us get the property. <laughs> and then and so we did that and we put it in three different places. And then we met them the next day and we hit it off so well. And we were blown away by the property. And but still the financial were like, we don't know. It doesn't look thank you for the opportunity, but you know, it's a million dollar house and you know, we, we didn't have that money. And so Chittakash said, Well, you know, you guys are both already the impossible that's come possible. So let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. And then they directly mortgaged us. Wow. Wow. Yeah, with an extremely low interest rate. And they wanted us to be the new caregivers because they knew we were going to carry the energy that they built here. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was just, it was also a profound gesture. I mean, at this time when everybody's greed, money, I want money, money, money. They had offers. Somebody could have paid them everything. Yeah. Right away. No problem, right? But they really saw us and wanted us to be the continuation yeah. of the to Take it on to the next generation, yeah. Yeah, and so my husband and I, when it was all working, we're like, are we really going to do this? Because this is a huge project, right? Yeah. And we, we leaped in, and we're in our third year now, and it's just magic after magic after magic. You know? Wow. And, it's, and the healings that happen for people here are so profound, and I heal. You know, it's just being here is just I, – I, I'm really still speechless in some ways because it's just so beyond anything I could have imagined possible but I wished could be possible. Mm -hmm. right so magic happens it does. You know, it does you know serendipities happen that's that you for me that's that confirmation that that universal force is there supporting and you know when we're in alignment and we do our work and we're healing and we're loving you know it moves providence it moves energies and opens doors that otherwise just wouldn't have a chance of opening mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that's the showing up and that's the grace so in my title resilience grace and the art of showing up yeah. it's like the showing up would activate grace, the blessings that I could never imagine to come into my life that would help me in wow. moments I needed it most. So that's how the whole title came when that, I was working on that. That is a phenomenal story. And and wow, um, <laughs> this was not what I was expecting tonight in an interview. This is a bonus. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, you know, I, I want to make sure everybody can get a hold of you and find out more about you and actually find the book. So do you have a website that we can give them? Yeah. So the website that has the link for the book and the information is Luana Victoria Arana, as my name is, author.com. Okay. And then from there, there's links to our other websites, to the retreat center and things like that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, you know, this is this has just been phenomenal to hear the stories, to hear the book. All right. And the book's there. They can order the book now, right? Yeah, they can just go on and click and it goes straight to Amazon and, and they can okay. get it. Okay. 
cool so they can actually get the book all right and if you need healing all right by all means i think they should connect with you to see if if it's the right fit to come up to the retreat i think yeah and, and what i've done because of the coronavirus i've, I've branched out online which is not something i ever wanted to do mm-hmm, but now mm-hmm. i've created a, um, a, a coaching life coaching healing online faucet to what i do now so i can you know through calls like this do zoom and Things like that, do the coaching, the mentoring, the energy work, even sound healing can go through yeah. the, the sound here too. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You you've got better gifts to use online than I've got. My gift is I can interview you. <laughs> and I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful to Kathy too. It's been, well, for me, this, this whole unfolding is just beyond my, you know, beyond what I could have dreamed, you know. Yeah. And, and the book is, you know, it's touching people. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping. I just want to, you know, we're here to share our stories, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And if we've got something good to share that can give a little light to somebody, a leg up, then we got to do it. Yeah. Right? And so I'm, I'm grateful I showed up to do it. Yeah. The magic is, that magic that's unfolding from it and the healing that's unfolding from it is, is beyond what I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it is. Really yeah. It is so cool. And, and, and Luana, it has been great uh, getting to know you on camera tonight. Uh, as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know if you've watched my show to realize, you know, I got a game to finish it out. You know that, right? Oh, you told me about that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's go with it. You know, I I actually made a couple things that I thought might fit you for what a game we call this or that. So. Okay. Luana, I'm going to give you two choices, all right? Some of these may not relate to you, and it's okay, all right? You know, but some of them I kind of thought through your conversation, and I was trying to write them down uh, and think that they may relate, and you may be able to choose one or the other. So it's meant for fun. So some of this, my my listeners want to know, okay, what kind of people do Tim get along with? So anyway, I always started off with one that's kind of techie, and it may be you, and it may not. But I have to ask this: Is a Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh my God, that's a hard one. But I think Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, okay, so then yeah. you know that Kirk or Picard is the next choice, right? Okay, Picard. Picard. Okay. You now Picard. I really think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next one here. All right, probably is a combination based on the description of what you explained to your place. But I like to ask, do you like the beach or the mountains? Oh, that is so hard. Cause I've got both here. So uh, I've that's got, what I mean. It's like, you got there. I've got both the mountains. We have a jacuzzi on the cliff on the top of the mountain here, overlooking the water. Okay, so I, got I want to come there just for that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's magical. It's a really beautiful place. So I have to say it's an equal tie. I love both. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I, I dreamed of being to live by both and I am with both. So it's oh. awesome. <laughs> no. So my, my, my next one kind of goes into, because you talked about how you learned a lot and I'm asking because, you know, things have changed in the way we learn. Would you yeah. rather read a book or listen to a podcast? I am hmm. still more of a book person, but I do enjoy podcasts that are done well. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's that's it's it's still the, some of the book people are still ground in the book, but yeah. like I didn't start I'm listening adaptable. to podcasts two years ago. Yeah, I'm adaptable. I mean, I used to be a complete non-techie. I wouldn't even go on the internet, and I built every one of my websites. Yeah. So yeah. you got to be adaptable. The adaptable same, are the ones that, that move forward, right? <laughs> yeah, same here. 22 years ago, I couldn't even tell you how to get online. Yeah, yeah. And now I've done all my own websites and everything too, so yeah. I get it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, next one here is choice of animal. Which one would you like better, tiger or bear? Oh, probably tiger. Tiger? Okay. I love bear too, but I'm I have I have these I have two Maine coons and they're pretty big beautiful cats, so I love the cat family. Uh-huh. But a bear too is a great, you know, I'd love to be able to hug a bear. Every time I see a big bear, I'd be like, "Oh, it'd be nice to give a hug to that bear." <laughs> it, it's and it's almost like I I chose those those two because it's almost like they're in a way they're spirit animals and it, and it kind of tells you something about you by mm. which animal you like, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And years ago I would have probably gone with the bear. But I'm the tiger now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. The next one here, I'm not sure about, but I'm going to ask, and that is beer, a glass, a a bottle of beer, or a glass of wine. Oh, I like both. 
<laughs> now this yeah. is a good girl here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when my recently, I mean, we're making good use of the isolation time by working on our property, staying in the house, and a nice beer after that is pretty yeah. darn good. Yeah, but but with a nice meal, a glass of wine is lovely too. So yeah. I like I like both. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have this small condo, all right, and we have a 140 bottle rack rack bottle of wine, bottles of wine over here. Oh, nice! Not right in my office here. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but we have tons of craft beers downstairs too. So yeah. Anyway, next one here is kind of an American thing, uh, you know what I mean? But you, you may get into it. Is taco or hamburger? Mm, I like both. I used to be more hamburger, but I probably do taco now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in some cases, like I have it in there, and I'll have some people go, "Well, I'm vegetarian." I said, "Well, you know, tacos can be done vegan, you know." Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good vegan, vegan tacos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had some vegan tacos that were pretty good. So yeah, we have a restaurant on island that makes them too. Yeah. 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 Next one here, your pet, cat or dog? Cat, bird, and dog. Cat, you have all three. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the cat hasn't eaten the bird yet. No, and the dog and the and the cat they lick each other and the nose and they cuddle. <laughs> oh, this is just too fun. This place of yours, I'm telling you. So my next one can create wars. People have argued over this next one, and that is toilet paper. Uh huh. Over or under? Which way do you put the roll? Well, I happened to see the original design when the person invented it, and it's over. And I can turn it over, too. <laughs> oh, Laura, some of the quietest people I have on my on my podcast are some of the most opinionated on the corner. Like, but, you know, for me, I like it over, but if you like it under, it's whatever it is. You know? yeah. But, but I, did see, I did happen to see the original sketch on some article or something. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like it was designed to go over. And in a way, it makes sense because when it's over, it has more space before it will touch the floor. Well, I never looked at it that way, but I guess there's a nice point of view. Yeah. yeah. It's just a thought, right? Because when it's down, it's just, it, it, it's just flat down, straight down to the floor, right? So if it gets too long, then it's wasted. But over, there's more. <laughs> oh, more space. Oh, and my, my, my last one is a classic I love to ask. Boxers or briefs? Boxers or briefs? Oh, I like both. <laughs> I think they both have their their thing. <laughs> Your husband's taking notes as to which one go to, to go buy next. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Laura, this has been fun and it has been awesome getting to know you. Uh, we've got to stay connected and, and you know, awesome. the next time you do another book, you got to come on again. Okay. I would love that. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So, thank you so much. All right. Well, tell everybody your website one more time so they can hear it both on the audio as well as the video. Okay. It's Luana Victoria Arana dot author dot com. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Luana, Luana, right? I, I knew I was going to mispronounce your name a lot, and I'm sorry. I Forgive me. I love you. Trust me. It's not personal. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for being on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, I'm going to thank you for tuning in tonight. Go find out about this retreat. Go to her website and check her out. This is probably the one of the most interesting stories we've had this week that was a shock. I mean, shock oh, and surprisingly in a good way. So, you? guys. Thank you. Go, go go check out uh, Luana here and, and see her all about her on the website. I'm Tim Gillette with the Tim Gillette Show, and I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We'll see you later, guys. Bye now. Bye.